0: Hello and welcome to Chat of Extremes. I'm Danielle and this is English with Danielle. Okay, so today we're doing a very special stream, one that we've put off quite a few times. Sorry about that, it's COVID times. So things just happen. But we're finally going to do our question and answer stream. And I've collected your questions from social media, from the chat um, for this particular stream, and then the other stream that was supposed to air. And I've compiled them all together, and I've got some answers for you, OK? So if you have questions for the next Q&A stream, you can leave them in the chat for, for this, this particular stream or when it's scheduled, you can leave them in the chat on that stream as well, okay? Let's get started. All right, so the first question that I got that I really loved was what is your favorite idiom? What is your favorite idiom? Now, an idiom is an expression that we use um, that is not literal, so we're gonna talk about idioms quite a few times, they're gonna come up quite a few times throughout the stream so just know that it's something an expression that we say that is not literal okay so I have two for you I couldn't really come up with a favorite but I narrowed it down to two that I really want to teach you or go over with you the first is it's raining cats and dogs now this one is actually a little bit old school but my dad used to use it all the time when I was a kid and so I just really like this one um it just is the one that sticks out in my mind the most. I would say people probably don't use it as much now, but it's still a really fun image, right? I remember as a child actually thinking that dogs and cats would drop from the sky, right? But it really just means it's raining really hard, right? And They're not really sure what the origin of this particular idiom is, but we do know that it's been around for about 300 years. So it's very, very old. Okay. But one that I would like to say that is a little bit more useful that I actually used the other day with a friend. I was speaking with a French friend, and we were trying to come up with some ideas for like whether we were going to hang out or not. And I said, let's play it by ear. And he didn't actually know what I was talking about. He said, what does this mean, play it by ear? And I said, "Okay, I'm going to do a stream about this idiom. So let's play it by ear basically just means to handle a situation at the moment, right? Um, It actually has two meanings because it also something, when you play something by ear, you could be playing something on the piano And if you play it without sheet music, without reading the music, then you are playing it by ear. So we also use this particular idiom to mean, let's do something without planning. We will decide at the moment. Okay. So those are my two favorite idioms. All right. Great. Um, And hello to everyone in the chat. I didn't already say that. Hello to everyone. Um, I know many British idioms. Okay, yeah, there we have lots of idioms in the English language. There are some that are very specific to the U.S. and then some that are specific to British English, but we all use idioms all the time, okay? Very good. So the next question, what's the difference between I went to Paris and I have been to Paris, Okay when do you use one or the other okay now this is a really interesting question um and mostly because it deals with two different verb tenses right and this is, gives a lot of english learners a lot of trouble and that's the difference between the simple past and the present perfect now i'm not going to give you a long Grammar explanation. Okay, I don't want to do that today But what I will tell you is that in the case of these particular sentences They kind of mean the same thing it means that at some point in time in the past. I was in Paris, right? I Went to Paris. I have been to Paris in this form. They mean pretty much the same thing but If we were to extend the sentences and add a little bit more information, then we can better see the differences in when you would use one or the other, right? I went to Paris last year, right? Simple pass. Now we would use this form because a very specific time in the past has been stated. So we know it's, I went to Paris. Okay, last year. Now, if I say I have been to Paris several times, then I know that there was not just one particular time in the past, that there were many times in the past. And I might even go in the future. So that gives you an idea of the, the two differences between these two sentences that talk about the past. This is kind of tricky in English, but don't worry, I will do a stream later on where we talk a little bit more about the differences, but that's the very basic difference. I went to Paris last year. I have been to Paris several times. Okay? Great. Um, let's see. I think I went is simple action and I've been to Paris. Yeah, you've been there some time. Yeah, very, very good. Yes. And with present perfect, it's also that there's a possibility that you may go in the future. And you use one or the other depending on what it is specifically that you're trying to say. All right. But more on that later. Okay, great. So another grammar question. How do you know when to use the simple present and the present progressive, which we also call the present continuous, right? So the present, simple present, is things when we just say, I eat food, right? It's a general fact, and it's something that we do habitually, right? Something that is a habit. We use the present tense, the simple present, to express that we use the present continuous or progressive to talk about actions that are in motion, right? When we wanna really stress that it's something that's continuously in action, it's continuously happening, right? So I'll give you an example. Water boils at 100 degrees. And this is Fahrenheit, right? (laughs) Water boils at 100 degrees. This is <clears throat> this is a general fact, right? This is a fact. So because of that, we use the simple present. The water is boiling now, so add the pasta. The water is boiling now, so add the pasta, right? So we know that it's actually in this moment continuing, continuing to boil, right? So that's sort of the very basic distinction between present, simple, and present continuous okay very good just checking out the chat to see if any uh actually i have a question are slangs and idioms are slang and idioms are they the same that's actually a really good question sometimes sometimes not all the time slang is something that we would say is spoken by a very specific small group of people in a in a language or in a culture whereas idioms can be widespread and used across, across um, age, across uh, regions, across uh, races. So idioms are a bit more generic and more general to the language, whereas slang is going to be something that a specific group of people are going to use. Okay, so that's a way to know the difference between those two. Good question though. Okay. Um, So what are things you say to your friends that English books never teach? Well, this is actually a really good question. Um, I would say (laughs) one of the things that books don't tell us, um, don't tell English learners, is that English speakers, native English speakers, speak almost primarily in colloquial, which is like informal, or Um, idiomatic language. So when I was talking about idioms earlier, we speak almost exclusively in using idioms or colloquials like hey y'all or gotta or wanna. So these things don't get actually taught in, um, in English textbooks, but this is something that if you start to listen to a lot of native English speakers speak, you will catch on to the fact that we don't actually speak very literally. We use lots of idioms all the time. So the best way to be able to understand native speakers is to just learn tons of idioms and tons of colloquials, commit them to memory, and then make sure you use them as well. All right? Okay. very good. Um, Let's see, so the next question. How can I improve my vocabulary skills? How can I improve my vocabulary skills? Yes, this is actually, I got this question several times. So this means that, you know, a lot of people wanna know the answer to this. And I'm gonna tell you, as I am an English teacher, but I'm also a language learner, right? I learn, I'm a language learner of German and Spanish. And so I think the best way, this is just my personal belief, the best way to learn vocabulary is to just read as much as you possibly can. And that's going to be true whether you're learning a new language or whether you are a speaker of you know, whatever it is that's your native language. You need to read a lot in order to attain a lot of words and a lot of vocabulary. And you actually have to come in contact with a vocabulary word like three or four times before you actually start being able to commit it to memory to be able to use it in other speech, right? So one of the ways that you could do that is to just expose yourself to as much language as possible. And I would say reading is very good, because you are usually we read very slowly, right? We sort of take our time with the words to make sure we understand them. Whereas when someone's speaking, people are speaking in real time, and it's a little bit harder to catch the words to be able to ask what they are. But in the event that you are speaking with an English speaker, and you hear a word, and you're able to catch it and you know you don't know what it means, you know what you can do? You can simply stop the person and say, what does that word mean? I have a lot of colleagues who are speakers of other languages and they always stop me and say, what does that word mean? And you know, I really appreciate those experiences because it also helps me to solidify my own vocabulary right? It helps me to understand, okay, well, why did I choose this word as opposed to this word? So it's also very helpful for me as well. So those are my two pieces of advice. Read as much as you can in the target language and stop and ask people questions. Okay, great. Very nice. Oh, yes. And Anna says, you can watch a movie with the subtitles, that's very good. Now, I tend to do that, um, I have an Amazon account, I live in Germany, and so um, I always have the German subtitles up, and that's also a way for me to catch vocabulary, because it's, if, the, if I'm hearing English, but I look down and, and at the subtitle and see the translation in German, sometimes I can learn new words that way. It's a very, very good way to do it as well. And if you were really bold, and very adventurous, then you can listen to the movie in the target language and also have the subtitles in the target language. I don't do that yet, but hopefully sometime in the future. (laughs) Okay, very good. Let's see. Okay, the next one, uh, what is the meaning of in it? It's a nice day, isn't it? Okay, I probably didn't say that right. And the reason why I didn't say that correctly, I'm sure, is because this is actually British slang, um, it, slang from London in particular, and it really just means "isn't it?" And it's just another way to say something like "right." Yeah, it's a really nice day, right? It's a really nice day in it. Okay, now um, this is something that you wouldn't probably hear everybody in London say it's gonna be it's slang so not everyone uses this but this is an example of colloquial language and as I told you before English speakers we love our colloquial language we use it all the time so that's es- essentially what that is very good <laughs> okay so what's the difference um, I wish she would understand my instructions and I wish she understood my instructions. Now, this is a little bit tricky. Um, without going into a big gramma- grammar explanation about this, I would say the first one doesn't sound that natural to me, right? So that's first off. I wish she would understand my instructions. That does not sound like natural English to me, although it's technically grammatically correct you wouldn't really hear um, native English speakers say a a statement like that. The second one is a bit more natural. I wish she understood my instructions, right? Now, when we talk about wishing in English, and I have a stream on this, so if you wanna know a little bit more about this question, you can go and watch that stream on making wishes in English, because it's kind of tough, it's kind of tricky grammar. Um, But when when we make wishes in the present in English, we use the past tense. I wish she understood my instructions, okay? Now, a better way to say the first one is you could say, I wish she would listen. I wish she would listen to my instructions. That makes it a bit more active. I wish she would listen to my instructions. And we use wish and would when we wanna talk about things, wishes that we have for the future or things that annoy us. I wish it would stop raining. I wish she would stop talking. I wish she would listen to me when I give her instructions, right? So, wish and would we use when we talk about things that we are annoyed with, that we want to change, okay? Whereas the first example is just a simple wish, in which case we say, I wish plus past tense. I wish she understood my instructions. I hope that helps. But if it did not, like I said, go back and watch the stream on Wishing in English. Okay. Okay, let's see. Can you recommend some songs for learning English? (laughs) Well, I thought this was a very interesting one. Well, like all things, when you're learning a language you want to focus on the things that you find most interesting okay so if if you are into punk then you should probably listen to punk songs if you're into r&b you should probably listen to r&b songs but there are a couple of songs that are really good at teaching you some things in english things songs that are personal favorites of mine so i will go over some of those so you can check those out okay so first on the list I'm a huge beyonce fan so queen B is definitely going to be on the list right and now she has a song called if i were a boy and i said this one is a really good song for learning english because it is um it uses the conditional which is another very tricky thing with english grammar and she does a very good job of using the conditionals so that's a great song to listen to if you want to sort of talk a little bit if you want to learn a little bit more about how to say, talk about situations that are not real, right? So that we use um, the conditional, the third conditional when we talk about situations that are not real and that wouldn't happen if I were a boy, right? She's not a boy, Um, but if I were, so the entire song is talking about an unreal situation, okay? So that song is very good for the conditionals the next one is Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran. I think this is a really good song because he sings very slowly. He's a British singer. Um, and he sings very slowly, and so there's a lot of repetition. And he uses a lot of imagery. Because remember I said that um, that native English speakers, we oftentimes don't use literal language. And so this song is a very good example of <clears throat> some of the sort of language that we use to kind of make our, our, our speaking sound more poetic and more interesting, okay? So that's a really great song for that. And then the third one I would say is All of Me by John Legend. This song is actually very good. It has phrasal verbs in it. It has idiomatic expressions. It's also a very, very good song. And it's also slow so you can really get into the lyrics and sort of figure out what all the things that he's trying to say in the song okay so those would be the three examples that i give uh let me know in the chat actually and help out your fellow um language learners and maybe you have a song in particular that you think is really really good for learning english that maybe helped you very good okay so what are some examples of oxymorons whoever asked this question is This is a very high level word, right? This is a very advanced word. So an oxymoron is essentially, oh, is when two contradictory words come together, right, essentially. Um, So like I said, this is a very kind of high level word that you would oftentimes see in literature, in a literature class, but I'll go over a couple of examples. Now, one of the examples actually comes from the song, All of Me, by John Legend. He says, love all your perfect, Imperfections. So, perfect imperfections is what we would call an oxymoron because perfect and imperfection, they are opposite words, right? So, they contradict one another. But we oftentimes will use oxymorons to kind of make our language sound a little bit more interesting, right? To make it sound a little bit more poetic as well. Perfect imperfections. Another one, oh, Anna said black snow. Okay, that's a good one, black snow. Another um, example, the memory left a bittersweet feeling. Bittersweet is probably the most popular, um, popularly used oxymoron, bitter, sweet. Um, and usually it just means something that feels good but might make you feel a little bit sad as well, right? So we usually talk about memories and feelings being bittersweet. Right, because they make us feel good, but they also might make us feel bad at the same time. Um, Another one is, this pasta is awfully good. This pasta is awfully good. And then lastly, the new artist had a small crowd, watch him play, a small crowd. This is another popular one that you might hear. Because crowd, by its very definition, means that it's a lot of people but you can have a small crowd that's just a few people. That's a bit confusing. Like English, it's English in general is a bit confusing. Oxymorons are very confusing. But if you get them, you can make your language sound very, very interesting and very, very high level. So learn a few oxymorons and I promise you people will be very impressed. Okay, this is the last question for the stream and i thought this one was very interesting and i wanted to end on this one um, because this is a question that i get a lot from students um, who are learning english they want to know which dialect of english they should focus on should they learn um, u.s american english or british english now i am a u.s american teacher and speaker so you probably think i might say american english but I'm not going to say that <laughs> because I actually don't think it's true. I think that we want to move away from saying any type of dialect or um, or language is better than another, right? We now don't think think about languages in that way. There's just different ways to speak by different groups of people. Now I would say <clears throat> that it really depends on what you are learning English for. So I would say that first, probably. What are you learning English for? Is it for work? Okay, if you're learning it for work, do you mostly have British colleagues or do you have US American colleagues? Right, so that might give you an idea of which one is better to learn for you in particular. Now, <clears throat> I would say that um, one thing that people need to understand is that it is all the same language, right? English is the general language. I have lots of British colleagues and friends, and we understand each other completely, all right? Now, there are some times when they may use a word that I don't understand, or vice versa, and then we just ask one another, and then you learn a new vocabulary word, right, from a new dialect. And so I would say, in general, you want to make sure that the, the most important thing is to get exposure in the language by native speakers as much as you possibly can. So if those are British speakers, then great. If they're US American speakers, that's also great. But you also wanna make sure that you are diversifying the dialects that you hear, so that when you do come in contact if you're learning US American English and you come in contact with a British speaker, that you also understand them, right? So it's very important that you should learn whichever one you have access to, but it's also important to expose yourself to other dialects of English as well. There's Nigerian English, there is Australian English, there is English that's spoken in the Caribbean, and you can do that by watching Netflix movies. Netflix has a great catalog of different films from different parts of the English-speaking world, so you can expose yourself to all the different rich dialects of the English language, and that's actually gonna be the thing that's going to really help you progress in learning the language, okay? So I hope that answers your question. It does not matter, (laughs) essentially. They're both great, and there's value in learning both. But I think the name of the game is to make sure that you get as much exposure, different, diverse exposure as possible. Okay, so that is all that we have for today. Let me just check the chat very quickly. British dialect and accent come easy to me. Yes, that's actually a great point. So I would say that um, British English is oftentimes probably taught more in school. Um, throughout the world because of all of the former bi- British colonies. Uh, whereas U.S. American English, you would probably hear more in pop culture, right? So on social media, um, in, in movies, TV shows, you'll probably hear more U.S. American English. So it really just is a matter of exposure. How you came to, to know the language will also determine which one you're more likely to understand. Yeah, because the accents are probably the biggest difference. There's also some differences in um, pronunciation and spelling and there's some differences in vocabulary, but the accent, I think, is probably the most difficult uh, between the two, um, understanding one over the other. Um, Let's see. Just Make sure I got everything. That's not an option. I tried to change my British dialect and I failed. (laughs) I wish I had a British. I wish I had a British accent. That's actually a dream of mine, okay? I would love to have a British accent. I might even go to a dialect coach just so that I can learn British English myself. But anyway, that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining and thank you so much for all the activity in the chat. I'm sorry I did not get to all the comments, but I will try to take out the questions and add them to the next stream, all right? Thank you so much. See you next time. Bye.